Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much. Put that shit in slow motion, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Debbie Authority. We are operating under the media empire that is the fantasyauthority.com where you can find all of your Debbie Dynasty DFS and redraft fantasy football needs. We want to thank everyone so much for tuning in and we look forward to continuing to build our Debbie brand here in the future. I'm your host CJ Lang and you can find me on Twitter at clubber underscore lang83. You will find me doing Dynasty Superflex rankings and Dynasty Devin content on the fantasy30.com and Devin content over on Fantasy Pros. My co-host for this adventure is Christian Welch, a.k.a. Evil Empire FF on Twitter. Christian, what's up, kid? What's going on, CJ? How's it going, man? Oh, man, we're about to get a, a heat wave here in Kansas, so uh, not looking forward to that whatsoever. Yeah, it is hot here in Tennessee already, so I'm glad to be in the air conditioner right now with you. Yeah, same here. Uh, so, Christian, just a couple pieces of news this week uh, in the college football world. Uh, Alabama, once again, is dominating the recruiting game. Uh, so far, they have the number one recruiting class in this 2021 cycle. They have seven five-star prospects, 16 four-star prospects already signed. Uh, for running backs, they already have a commitment from the number two overall running back in the nation in Emmanuel Henderson who is a 6'185 185-pound prospect. And now they have signed uh, this week Le'Veon Moss, who is the number six-ranked running back in the 2021 class. He is a six-foot, 190-pound recruit out of Baton Rouge. And if that wasn't enough, Alabama also has the number seven-ranked running back uh, prospect in the nation in Jamarian Miller from Tyler, Texas. And he looks to be ready to sign a letter of intent for the tie this week. So three running backs in the top six, not bad, huh, Christian? Not bad, and it's uh, it's no surprise. I mean, we've, we've been seeing this for years, so the rich get richer down there in Alabama. And it's an interesting year for them to be taking three because the, the college team is so uh, stacked without a clear guy like Najee Harris last year. You know, there's four guys I think that we could see carry the ball quite a bit at Alabama this year, um, and then here's three more coming right behind them, so – We'll see how all this shakes out in our W rankings and our on our dynasty teams going forward. But man, it'd be nice if they just took one a year to save us some work, wouldn't it? I know. And you kind of preluded uh, already to their running back depth chart right now. It's already packed with Brian Robinson, Jason McClellan, and Trey Sanders. So maybe we should just schedule Alabama and Ohio State for the national championship in the next four years. What do you think? Uh, I think that sounds pretty good. I think Clemson would have something to say about that. Maybe Georgia would have something to say about it. But uh, it, it's hard to argue, at least on the offensive end, that Alabama and Ohio State are the two strongest uh, programs in the country right now. Yeah, absolutely. Another piece of football news, old Johnny Football is back. 
Johnny Manziel, as most of you know, is one of the most dynamic and must-watch players of the recent decade in college football. Uh, as quarterback for the Texas A&M Aggies, he became one of the greatest players in college football history. Uh, after being a first-round draft pick in 2014, he never really lived up to that hype. Uh, he's had run-ins with law enforcement and kind of an off-the-field mess, and he even bounced around the CFL for a while. But uh, Johnny Football is no more. But now, before this, we find out the before the start of his sophomore season at Texas A&M, uh, he was paid a five-figure salary, which uh, we know now to be about thirty-three thousand uh, dollars. The NCA though could never find any any evidence, so he was suspended for one half of the first game, and that was it. Uh, so, if we're doing the public math here, Christian, uh, the report said that he signed over ten thousand articles of memorabilia and got paid thirty-three thousand dollars. So, three dollars and thirty dollars, three dollars and thirty cents an autograph. <laughs> It, it sounds that way. I mean, it, surely if we got on eBay some some good looking Johnny Manziel, uh, Texas A and M stuff with some Heisman inscriptions would be going for more than three bucks and change. But this is why the uh, the the NIL stuff is you know coming out in college football this year, and we're going to actually see these guys get compensated for their likeness and hopefully get the college football video game back. But uh, you know, Johnny Manziel cracks me up. For me, he's a he's a true hero or a zero, depending on how you're looking at him. So. If most of us feel like Johnny Johnny's a failure, you know, you know, first round pick, he's not even in the NFL anymore. Try telling Johnny Manziel that he's a failure. He'll be the first to remind you that he parties every day and he's a millionaire. So I, I think it's hilarious <laughs> that, uh, you know, the, the way his career has went. But, you know, he, he's a millionaire pretty much doing nothing every day. A lot of us would love to be able to do that. But, you know, as, as a professional career and for football's sake, you know, what a bust. But he, he's definitely still providing us entertainment this many years later. Uh, the big thing here, though, like I said, is the, the the fact that he's acknowledging he was paid in college. I don't, I don't think anybody is surprised that he was being paid in college. We've known this has been happening for years. So I think a lot of us that follow college football are looking forward to this being resolved. And, and making this legal to where we can just go on instead of turning our head to it. Yeah, I believe my autograph is probably worth more than $3.30. But uh, at the end of the day, he's the genius because he's walking around with uh, $8 million courtesy of the Cleveland Browns. So uh, I guess good for him. Uh, we'll see. Uh, hey, he's, Christian, he's pumped about it. Yeah. Let's get into the meat of this podcast now. And when we created this podcast, you know, we really were talking about not wanting to be the run of the mill Debbie podcast that just does rankings all the time. And, and I think uh, our first episode, we definitely avoided that. But, you know, after talking with you uh, offline, we really wanted to see who is everybody's top five uh, for this 2022 class. Now, as the season approaches, uh, it's good to get those things out of the way and, as our rankings solidify, uh, we can really tell where people are going to end up. So uh, top five positional debut rankings here for the 2022 class. Uh, I'll start off with quarterback, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm going to – I'll just name off my top five, and then I'll kind of go into depth a little bit with each of them. But uh, for quarterbacks, my top five for 2022 are Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma, Sam Howell of North Carolina, JT Daniels of Georgia, Matt Corral of Ole Miss, and a surprise that I made this week, uh, Graham Mertz of Wisconsin. 
So we're talking about Spencer Rattler. Obviously, I've already talked about him in depth on this podcast. Number one dual threat quarterback. He's won all the awards in high school. Uh, Last season threw for over 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, seven picks. He was top five in basically all Big 12 passing categories. Uh, This year, he adds a dynamic running back in Eric Gray. He still has pass catching back Kennedy Brooks. Still got those talented wide receivers and Theo Weiss and Jaden Hazelwood and tight end Austin Stogner. Uh, looking like he's a shoe in for the Heisman this year. Uh, don't think, uh, I, I think a lot of people are going back between Rattler and Howell as, as 101 and 102, but for me, I, I'm sticking Rattler. Uh, Sam Howell, uh, you know, was the third best pro style quarterback. Uh, had over 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns uh, his first two seasons. He's top two in all ACC categories, but this year he has some big losses with uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter going to the NFL along with De'Ami Brown. Uh, so we'll see how it goes for him, uh, but you got to like uh, what they're doing there in North Carolina. Uh, JT Daniels is somebody that you talked about uh, on the last pod, the, the transfer from USC. Uh, only played four games, but he had 1,200 yards with 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he will be a first-round pick in the next NFL draft. Uh, he got Eric Gilbert, uh, the transfer from LSU. He's also got Jermaine Burton, uh, Kiers Jackson as wide receivers, uh, running back Zamira White, James Cook, who's a great pass-catching back, and Kendall Milton. Uh, obviously, the big loss there is George Pickens. Uh, but I still think Daniels can can do it for them. Uh, my number four quarterback, Matt Corral, it's his third season as a starter. He had 3,300 yards last season, 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Uh, seventh most touchdowns in the NCAA, but he also had the second most interceptions, so he's got kind of that Brett Favre tagline there. Uh, he added 500 rushing yards, and, and now a solid year uh, under him of the Lane Kiffin offense. Uh, hands down, he's got the best deep ball in the NCAA. He makes all the NFL throws. He can do it with his legs. Uh, I'm calling him Zach Wilson 2.0, and, and we all know where Zach Wilson went in this year's rookie drafts. And then finally, uh, my number five quarterback, Graham Mertz. Uh, I'm moving him up for me uh, over Keaton Slovis. Uh, he did deal with a soldier injury and a bad offensive play caller last season. Uh he had to run to the sidelines for almost every play call last year. And it's just not, not a good way to do business. Uh, the head coach, Paul Chris has taken back over play calling duties this year. They're not injecting a new offense. So he's familiar with all the terminology. Uh, Jalen Berger, I think is the next JT uh, in the backfield there. He also has Jake Ferguson, who's a top tight end in this class. Uh, and he had some solid wide receivers, nobody elite, uh, but they ended up ranked number eight last year in the nation. They lost the Rose Bowl by one point. So he should be healthier and they should have a better offense this year. So uh, those are my top five Rattler, Howell, Daniels, Corral, and Mertz. Yeah, the, the surprise for me there is definitely Mertz. He was not a name I was expecting to hear um, during this pod. So he's somebody I'm clearly going to have to dive in a little bit more on if you've moved him into your top five. Um, another thing that stands out to me with your rankings is I thought last time we were on, you had Keaton Slovis all the way up at three. So it seems like he's slipped quite a bit in your rankings there. So maybe we need to dive in a little bit more there and see what's made Slovis slip. But for me, um, 
we agree on the top two, and, and that's really where I want to go with this, is uh, the top two seem kind of entrenched, don't they? I mean, it's going to be Rattler and How- Howell in whatever kind of order. I know me and you both seem to think Rattler takes a step up this year, a little bit more dynamic of an athlete than Howell. You know, I think he'll end up a better draft capital, but we expect both of those guys to be top five picks in next year's draft. After that, there is a ton of names. So I, I tweeted this not too long ago, like, like this this quarterback class this year, you know, we, we may see five in the first round again, you know, maybe not five in the top 15, but I certainly think we will see five in the first round. And then there's a whole nother five guys that could make a candidate to be second round picks. Like it's crazy the amount of volume of prospects we have this year. After those top two, there's several guys vying for that third spot. And just like you, I have uh, JT Daniels from Georgia there. Um, I spoke on our last pod about how dynamic he was the end of last season, averaging over 300 yards through the air, you know, and you already went through Georgia's weapons and, and how tremendous they appear to be on offense this year. Uh, for me, I have Keaton Slovis at four still. Um, I love what he's done at USC so far. Um, I love Drake London and some of his weapons he has out there. I expect a strong year from them this year. Um, and then at number five, I have a guy that I, I, I really didn't have on my radar at this time last year, but I mean, he's been a big riser. I've seen him mocked. Um, in the first round of every single mock that I've looked at. And I even saw Bet Online put out odds today where he actually has the fourth highest odds of going first in next year's draft, and that's Malik Willis from Liberty. Uh, this is a guy that rushed for almost 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns on the ground last year, so that Lamar Jackson kind of Konami code, um, and, and a much thicker body than the other mobile quarterbacks in this class, like Jaden Daniels, um, Desmond Ritter. Um, but after... Uh, JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis, you got Carson Strong at Nevada, Matt Corral that you mentioned. You know, there's just a ton of guys that look to have a good profile to where this year is just so, so important. I, I think Rattler and Harrell or Howell are entrenched in the top two, but this season is so important for that battle for who's the third quarterback coming off the board. And there's maybe 10 guys that, that could get there. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a deep one there with a, a Liberty quarterback. So, uh, I know they usually play uh, a little early, so I'm going to have to start watching them. Yeah, he came from Auburn, transferred from Auburn. So he had some SEC pedigree as a recruit, you know, went to Liberty with Hugh Freeze and has just been lighting it up there. So he, he's worth looking into. He's got some pretty jaw-dropping film out there. But, you know, the thousand yards on the ground with the way the NFL is going, he, he's somebody we're going to hear a lot about of this next year. Yeah, absolutely. Could be the uh, the old Carson Wentz uh, type uh, FCS type quarterback coming out. So uh, who do you got for running backs, Christian? Well, for running backs, you know, this is the video that I dropped last week on the Fantasy Authority YouTube channel. Um, I've got Brees Hall at number one, Isaiah Spiller, number two, Eric Gray, number three, Kyron Williams, number four, uh, and then Jerry and Ely from Ole Miss at number five. Um, I, I went in depth, like I said, in that video feature last week, but th- there's a big debate at the top between Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. For me, what separates him is at this point, Brees Hall is a better pass catcher. He's got a good route tree. He's got really soft hands. He, he really has just done more, not only on the ground, but more through the air than Spiller has at this point. After those top two, there's kind of a teardrop, and, and it seems like Kyron Williams is the most common guy you see there at number three, but, but I like Eric Gray a little bit better. Eric Gray is deceivingly 10 pounds heavier than Kyron Williams. And if you just look at the volume numbers, he's not been as productive as Kyron Williams because he's played for Tennessee the past few years. And Tennessee has probably been the worst offense in the country since Eric Gray has been at Tennessee. Eric Gray switching teams to Oklahoma this year, getting in an offense that strong. You're going to see some crazy opportunity for him to put up some big numbers. And, And when you look at the more advanced metrics like dominator rating, those kind of things, he's outperformed Kyron Williams. Um, 
he packs 205, but when you're watching his film, I mean, this guy is just a crazy, crazy athlete. I mean, you, you would think he's he's 185, 190 when you're watching his film, but he is strong enough to be able to put it in on the goal line. And like I said, could come into the NFL weighing 210 plus. So I love Eric Gray. Um, Kyron Williams is sub 200, but he plays so much bigger than his size. Um, he looks to inflict contact when he runs. Um, I, I do think he'll end up over 200 pounds and will be a solid NFL profile as well. After that, it gets a little cloudy. Um, I've got Jerry Anneli at five because a lot like you with Matt Corral, I'm pretty bullish on the Ole Miss guys taking a step up this year. Uh, the wide receiver room there at Ole Miss is nowhere near as deep as it usually is. So I expect Ely to see a lot more work through the air and then, of course, be the featured guy on the ground. So I expect his stock to rise this year on a high scoring offense in the SEC. And then I had guys like Zamir White and Kevin Harris looking in on the outside. And I think one of those guys is in your top five. So I'll let you touch on him a little closer. But but those five guys for me are the ones that stand out for next year with, with Holland Spiller being a cut above and then Gray and Kyron Williams really be in the debate after those two. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've got Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller as my one and two. Uh, pretty easy for me. Uh, you know, uh, Brees Hall at 1,500 yards, 21 touchdowns, second in the NCAA last year, uh, had 23 receptions. Same thing, Isaiah Spiller over 1,000 yards. Uh, still, like you said, not the – best pass catcher. Uh, he still had 20 catches, uh, but I think he is the best returning running back in the SEC, and he is a Heisman hopeful. Just not sure what that Texas A&M offense is going to do without Kellen Mond. Um, you know, they're, they're having a quarterback battle. Not exactly sure where that's going to go. Um, for my three, four, and five, I've actually got Kyron Williams uh, there at three. You know, the sophomore this year, as a redshirt freshman, he had 1,125 yards, 13 touchdowns, 35 catches for over 300 yards. Uh, same thing, they got a new quarterback coming in, uh, so they have those grown pains. It's more than likely it's going to be Jack Cohn, the former Wisconsin quarterback. Uh, but, you know, when you get a new offense turnover and a new quarterback, they like to rely on the running back. Uh, so also, if Kyron puts up the same numbers that he did last year, he could vault into the top 10 and running back rushing yards in Notre Dame history. So that's that's quite the list to be on. Uh, number four, I've got uh, get your guy, Eric Gray. Uh, same thing. Saw great things from him in Tennessee. Uh, should see even better from OU, but we'll see exactly how he's used. And then for my number five, I have Zamir White of Georgia. Now he is the 2018 number one running back of the nation. Finished his high school year with a torn ACL. Tore his ACL again his freshman year. Uh, finally last year he was healthy. He had almost 800 rushing yards. Uh, he should go over a thousand yards this year and JT Daniels will absolutely open up that offense. So uh, I know a lot of people in the Debbie community were on Zamir White very early, just kind of one of those things. We're just waiting, 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 and hopefully this will be his year to pop. Yeah. Love the talent on Zamir. Just, you know, multiple major injuries, you know, knocks him down for me. Um, but I think we can both agree that the depth and the talent in this year's class is, is much better than what we were working with this year. This year, once we got past Javante Williams, you kind of had that Michael Carter, Trey Sermon tier, and then it's off into the abyss after that. It looks like next year we'll be working with a lot more depth, and uh, I, for one, am pretty happy to see that. So what do you got for a uh, wide receiver there, Christian? So wide receiver, you know who I've got at number one. It's Traylon Burks at Arkansas. Um, I've got Garrett Wilson from Ohio State at number two. Uh, David Bell from Purdue at number three, uh, George Pickens from Georgia at number four. 
Uh, and then Chris Olave from Ohio State at number five. I have two guys very close to Olave, though. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, just a hair. So we'll touch on those after you get through yours. But for me, Burks just stands apart from this group. I mean, this guy is six foot three, 232 pounds, absolute freak athlete. I mean, I mean, this dude plays the slot at 6'3, 232, and is doing stuff you see guys that are 5'9, 180 doing out there. You know, just an absolute red zone machine. Um, you know, the body control on this guy being that big and that fast is just incredible. He's one of those dudes that w- when I'm doing his profile next year, I'm going to have to try to get it below 30 minutes down to 10 because I could just talk glowingly about this guy all day. Um, an extra point, the, the legend in Arkansas is that Traylon Burks even hunts wild pigs with just a knife. So the, the, this guy is a dog. Yes. Um, he's the type of guy I want on my roster. And I mean, 6'3", 232 playing in the slot. You don't, you don't get monsters like that very often. So I'm in on that. Uh, Garrett Wilson, a little bit different, six foot, 193, uh, more of a traditional size guy, just a very polished route runner. He's got elite speed. He's got good hands, you know, just a prototypical great wide receiver prospect. Uh, David Bell, kind of in between the two of their sizes, 6'2", 205, a very balanced game. You know, he, he approaches it like a professional. You would think he was a pro right now. Um, you know, he's very physical. Um, using that size, and he doesn't have the Traylon Burke size, but 6'2", 205 is plenty big, and he uses that physicality well in college. Uh, George Pickens is a guy that I know you loved, and you're devastated about the injury, having to bump him down a little bit, but 6'3", 200, just silky smooth, just a you know natural wide receiver, but again, the injury bumps him down just a little bit. Chris Olave, I really feel shot himself in the foot coming back. You know, I mean, you know me, uh, CJ, and I do not like four-year players. Uh, Devontae Smith winning the Heisman kind of made up for that, but I don't think Chris Olave is going to win the Heisman to make up for that for me. He should have came out last year, but now he's going to be an older prospect, six foot 190. Um, really just an open field technician, just a tremendous player for Ohio State. Um, but I think he's going to end up getting jumped um, by a couple guys that I have, one of them being Drake London out at USC. I, I mentioned earlier that I like Slovis and that, that offense out there. London's 6'5, 210, basketball player type athlete sophomore breakout last year and i expect a massive year from him this year um another guy i like i think is on your list so i'll I'll let you talk a little bit more um and then if you haven't brought up the other guy i wanted to mention we'll we'll come back around to him but who who do you got at wide receiver uh my wide receiver one this season uh is garrett wilson and i know you touched on him um really the big issue with him is that that freaking wide receiver room is so damn stocked. You got Garrett Wilson, you got Olave, you got Julian Fleming, you got Jackson Smith and the Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, freshman Amika Igbuka. Um, I mean, it's just going to be one of those things where uh, there's only one ball to go around, uh, you know, and I think Wilson might uh, suffer maybe his numbers a little bit from that. Uh, my number two also is David Bell. Uh, you know, he really propped it, popped his freshman year when Rondale was out with his injury had a big 10 freshman of the year. Uh, He was also the first uh, PFF has him ranked as the number one returning wide receiver for contested catches with a 92.6 grade. Uh, He was big 10 freshman of the year. Uh, Last year he was big 10 best 104 yards per game. And he only played, I think like four or five games last year. Um, So uh, my number three uh, is Justin Ross. Now uh, I know he had the horrible neck injury, wasn't sure if he was going to come back or not. He had a, that great thousand yard freshman season, had the natty 865 yards his sophomore season 
And then during that spring, he had that bad injury where it required spinal surgery. Now, this week uh, was some positive news. He went up to Pittsburgh, saw the specialist, got a bunch of scans. Uh, They said they will let him know officially next week. Uh, But I think if he does get the green light, I think he automatically should vault up everybody's chart, especially with DJU. He could be an absolute monster if he plays. My number four wide receiver is is the Arkansas stud Traylon Burks. Uh, and then uh, number five for me, uh, we talked about a little bit, George Pickens uh, was my absolute number one wide receiver uh, going into this year. You know, unfortunately he had the ACL that he went down this spring. More than likely he won't play this season, but I think he did enough in his first two seasons to, to warrant uh, some first round draft capital. Uh, he'll definitely be missed, but it's definitely time for some guys to step up. So for wide receiver for me, uh, Garrett Wilson, David Bell, Justin Ross, Traylon Burks, and George Pickens. Good stuff. Yeah, Ross was the other guy I was going to mention. I, I saw him in your ranking, so I'd let you speak on him. For me, spinal surgery is, is kind of a no-go. If I mean, if he comes out and plays a full season this year and looks as good as he did when he was a freshman, I'll reevaluate. But for me right now, I've got Ross wide receiver seven behind London and then the guys I had in my top five. Um, one thing I'll add on Burks, I got so excited about talking about him, I forgot to bring up any stats on him. Um, last year as a sophomore at Arkansas, he put up 820 yards and seven touchdowns. He's pretty much the only game in town there at Arkansas. So we're talking an SEC player at 6'3", 232, that is most likely going to put up 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns plus this year. T- to me, that screams first-round NFL draft pick and a guy that we will just be you know, oozing over next year in rookie draft. So I can't get enough of Traylon Burks. You know, rocket ship is, is soaring from here. Yeah, well, I'll look forward to watching those games. Hopefully uh, they can get him the ball. Uh, so for tight ends, you know, obviously I think we were all completely spoiled with Kyle Pitts last year. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, there is no Kyle Pitts in this class. I hope you agree with me on that. Um, oh, I but, agree. Yeah, yeah, no Kyle Pitts in this class. Not a bad class, though. There's some guys I like here. Yeah, no, and, you know, honestly, uh, I could probably move – any of these guys around all of my top five, uh, I'll just go through them real quick. Uh, Jalen Weidemeyer from Texas A&M, uh, Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama, Jeremy Ruckert from OSU, uh, Charlie Kohler from Iowa State, and, and Jake Ferguson uh, from Nebraska, if I'm, unless I'm having a brain fart there. Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Wisconsin, red and white. So, um, you know, out of those five, really, I think – Charlie Kohler popped for me. I, I know Ruckert, uh, you know, had that great natty game, um, and he's a red zone target. But Charlie Kohler, you know, 697 yards last year, seven touchdowns. Uh, he's gotten at least 591 yards each of his seasons. Uh, he decided to come back to Iowa State. You're talking about your boy, a Traylon Burks hunting uh, pigs with knives. Charlie Kohler decided if he was in a clear for the draft by a coin flip. So that's uh, crazy. Yeah. Six, six, two forty five. Great catcher in traffic. He can block. He's very strong hands, not necessarily a speed threat, but not many tight ends are these days. Uh, he will always find that soft opening for Brock Purdy to find him in the middle of the field. Uh, he is a Mackey award finalist uh, and he could, that offense could be pretty good this year with Brees Hall and, and Brock Purdy. So uh, Charlie Kohler stands out for me, but like I said, any of those five guys could go one to five for me. 
Yeah, I'm actually higher on Charlie Kolar than you are. Um, I've got Wattemeyer one as well, and then I have Kolar at two. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert at three, Billingsley at four, and then Austin Stogner from OU at five instead of Ferguson. Um, so again, you touched on it. For me, these guys kind of fit in categories as well, kind of like the uh, the quarterbacks. Wattemeyer and Kolar are both very productive college players. You know, so 6'5", 265 for Wattemeyer. He's had six touchdowns each of the past two seasons at Texas A&M. Kolar, 6'6", 255, another huge guy. He's got seven touchdowns in each of the last two seasons at Iowa State. So these are big guys that have been productive every year in college. I, I, I really like guys that size that have shown production in college going into the NFL at the tight end position. Ruckert and Billingsley are, are kind of fit into a category as well. They're at the big schools, Alabama and Ohio State, and they have nowhere near the production of Weidemeyer and Kolar. They have basically no production at all. Uh, Ruckert's got a couple of, uh, excuse me, good red zone touchdowns. I mean, his touchdown rate is to the roof. I think he had 13 catches last year, and like five of them were touchdowns or something like that. So he's at least shown us some red zone presence, but we're really in on those guys because of their pedigree, the schools they're at, and what we expect them to, to increase in performance as far as this year goes. At number five, I've got Austin Stogner instead of Ferguson. To me, Ferguson's kind of been just a guy. Um, he's a four-year player. He, he's not putting up nearly the numbers that Weidemeyer and Kolar are. He's just you know, a solid college tight end. Stogner, to me, possesses a little bit more of a ceiling. So another big guy, 6'6", six, uh, six, six, 260. Um, really came on last year with 26 catches, 422 yards, and three touchdowns. And I know both of us love the OU offense. I expect him to be a big part of it this year. You know, I just don't see any way a year from now that I value Ferguson more than Stogner. You know, we're, we're nitpicking there, but I think Stogner has more of an upward trajectory than Ferguson does at this point. So that's why I've got my five the way I've, I've got them. But again, I like this class a little bit better than most. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. You know, also, Weidemeyer's going to have to deal with a new quarterback. Uh, and uh, you never know how that works. You know, he's been like the second best wide receiver on that team the last couple of years. Obviously, DeMond DeMoss is an off, another off-the-field train wreck. Um, so Weidemeyer could lead that team um, and leads Billingsley and Ruckert. You know, I think Alabama is just so stacked with talent that they really haven't utilized the tight end position like they did when O.J. Howard was there. Uh, and same thing for Jimmy Ruckert, like uh, OSU never uses the tight end. Uh, you know, he, he's come back for a senior season. He, he needs something. But I remember watching that national championship game and he was getting targeted all over the field. So I don't know why they didn't ever use this dude, especially with as great of a red zone target uh, that he is, you know, five touchdowns in the red zone last year. So I really think it's for him, it's going to be, you know, the tape that gets him drafted, not necessarily the highlights, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw Tommy Tremble go, what, tight end three this year with like 20 career catches. So the NFL has at least shown us at tight end they're not going to hold a profile that uh, Record or Billingsley have against them if they think that they can do it in the league. So not as not as important at this position as it is at others. So that's it. That is our uh, top five positional rankings for, for Devies for the 2022 class. Uh, Christian, I appreciate all the time and the effort, and uh, I apologize that you're you're not right, but uh, that's okay. I guess in in eight years uh, we'll uh, we'll see who's right, right? <laughs> I guess so. We'll still be fighting over Ferguson then from uh, Nebraska, um, aka Wisconsin. See if he was better than Austin Stogner. So I, I look forward to it. We may need to bet yeah, a uh, 2028 league fee in a in a in a Devi league on it. So. <laughs> Yeah, there are, all the teams are red and white, right? So, oh yeah, uh, easy confusion. Um, Absolutely, so that's like the SEC West. I think all of them except LSU wear red and white. So we're used to that down here in the South. Hey, what are you working on this week? 
So I'm the uh, the mock draft Monday drafter this week. Uh, by the time this pod comes out, it will already be live on the TFA YouTube channel. So uh, you can get on there and I take you through the robust RB approach uh, to a redraft one QB league, you know, pretty much your home league each each fall. Um, I think my team came out really well, uh, but I look forward to, to hearing you guys what you didn't like about it and, you know, hear from some of the zero RB people that were just disgusted that I uh, went running back the first three rounds. But uh, let me know what you think about that. Um, just like the video I had with the top five 22 running backs come out last week, I'll have one of those for all for the other three position groups coming out soon, probably once a week for the next three weeks. Um, and then outside of that, you know, that's all I've got coming out the next week. But, you know, I'm always looking to stream up some more content. And, you know, on Twitter, you can find out what I'll be putting out there again. You can find me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF. Plenty more content coming up. Why are you afraid to say Kevin's name out loud? Oh, I said Kevin's name in the in the video. So as, as long as you watch the Mock Draft Monday video, there's a there's a Kevin Steele shout out in there because I had my three running backs. I was actually about to take a fourth straight running back. Um, and I was really hoping the guy I wanted was there because I could just see Kevin fuming already. Um, but but yeah, he, he's name dropped in the actual video. So I didn't feel the need to name drop him twice. But thanks to you, he's getting a lot of airtime today. Yeah, he's, he's the man. Uh, I just submitted an article uh, for Fantasy Pros on uh, wide receiver positional battles where I go over uh, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. Uh, next week, I'll, I'll do my other three teams. Um, this week, I'm also... Uh, going to join uh, my pals Robbie Jeffries and, and Tom Corson uh, to do a dynasty rankings video uh, so we can go through that. Probably be a video, maybe a pod. I'm not exactly sure. So be on the lookout for that. But uh, once again, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I am at clubber underscore lang 83 on Twitter. He is at evil empire FF on Twitter. Please remember to just subscribe to the Debbie Authority and all your podcast platforms. Uh, we can be found under the Fantasy Authority podcast family. We would also love any feedback that you had, show suggestions, Debbie or fantasy related questions. So you can reach us at thedebbieauthority at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, Christian, thanks. We'll see you later. Yep. Thanks, guys. See you next time. What you know about rolling down in the deep when you